Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. It doesn't matter how old you are, your parents are a big influence on how you manage your money as an adult. The good, the bad, and everything in between. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Hello there. So good to have you back for this solo episode. I really love doing these solo episodes. I really hope you enjoy them as well. 
it's a chance for me to kind of talk about something that's on my mind, some topics that I've been thinking about or reading about. I consume a massive amount of money education, money information every single week, and I'm always kind of gauging it against, is this a topic that I think you would be interested in? Is it not? Is it a solo episode? Is there someone I could talk to? So there's just a lot that goes on behind the scenes of the show that you're not privy to, but we're going to start bringing you some more of those behind the scenes, some more bloopers, some things that maybe don't go as well, some extended versions of episodes and interviews, just so you can kind of get a taste of what happens behind the scenes. But I also am excited about the solo episode because I wanted to talk to you about the name change that is coming for the show. You have known for quite a while, if you've been listening to this show for a while, that we're about to do a new name for the show. Now, nothing else is really essentially changing. It's still going to be the same great money content, but it's going to be even more. So I wish I had some really cool like drum roll feature here in the episode, but let's just pretend that (laughs) there's a loud drum roll playing. So the name of the new show is going to be Everyone's Talking Money. And the reason we came up with this name, because this show is always about having these conversations, conversations between you and me, conversations with guests, and just really opening up to the idea that talking about money should be something that we do on an everyday basis, because money does touch every aspect of our lives. It's important to have these conversations. But thinking about this sort of evolution of the show, it's been a little over seven years since I had the idea for the show. I think I had an idea on a Wednesday and by Friday I had my first episode up. So I didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about strategy, (laughs) which of course is really important when you're going to launch something big, but I had no idea that this many people would tune in to listen to the show. We just passed somewhere around 21 million downloads and I think 165 countries which just absolutely blows my mind. But it's a privilege that you have given me this platform, this opportunity to be here to share my messages about money and to share just what I think is really important. So everyone's talking money is going to be even more inclusive. We're obviously dropping the millennial, but this show has always been more about a state of mind, a state of thinking, thinking outside of the box than it has been about any specific age But we're doing this because we want it to be more inclusive. We want every age. We want every demographic. We want anybody who has this curiosity about how do I use the money I have to live the life I want to live? Like, how do I connect to both of those things? And how do I get over the obstacles and the shame and the fear and the guilt and all of that that comes with money? How do I move through all of that? So that's what everyone's talking money is going to be. And it's going to drop in April, and you essentially won't notice anything other than new cover art and a new name. You won't have to do anything. It will automatically pop up in your podcast player. So make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so you won't miss any episodes. There's going to be lots of other really cool things that are going to evolve this year, but this this rebrand, this new name, it feels 
good. It feels like it really encapsulates what the show is, that it is these conversations and that through having these money conversations, we can really start to, I don't know, like bridge the gap when it comes to money. All right. So you tuned in to hear this episode about how do we break these bad money habits that you learn from your parents? So let's jump into the episode. Did you know that 30% of your money behaviors today can be attributed to how you were raised and your genetics? That's according to a study that was done by uh, University of Washington. That really, I don't know, that really stands out to me, 30% of our money behaviors. But it it doesn't surprise me because I spent 12 years working one-on-one with clients, all different ages, demographics. They lived all different places. And I could see that the money behaviors, the money story, all the things that kind of came from your past were the things that were getting in the way of true money success, whatever that means to you. But it, it does, it does blow my mind because this is not something that we grow up knowing about. This is not something we grow up thinking about. So we either go to school, college, or we kind of get out into the adult working world and <laughs> we're left to just kind of figure this out on our own. And it's it's very perplexing to me. It's also very common that your parents never taught you anything about money or what you saw was a negative or stressful relationship with money. Maybe you saw them freak out when the paycheck didn't come in or maybe the paycheck wasn't enough or maybe you came uh, from a household that there was divorce or that they they broke up and there were child payments that were due and maybe they weren't paid on time. It could be anything, anything. And it doesn't even have to feel traumatic. It could just be the sort of vibe, the energy <laughs> that was in your household around money. And so as a kid, you don't know anything different. You just kind of pick up on that. It's funny when I when I first met my husband Jeff and we obviously were talking about money, we were talking about uh, all my crazy ideas around money and how I wanted to talk about money as more of a experiential type feeling, I guess. So I I wanted to talk about money in the same way that, you know, you'd go look at like a gallery of great artwork or you'd listen to music or you'd great eat a really great meal. It was like an experience. And I always wanted to change money to have that feeling, to take kind of the heft off of it and to make it feel a little bit more interesting. But when I was talking to him, he would say, you know, my dad always said, you need to just save money. You just save money. And he was always like, okay, I get it. But where and how and why? And there were all these follow-up questions that were never answered. And Maybe you can relate to that to some degree with your parents that you didn't really understand why things were were being done or why there was repeatedly this feeling of stress or angst or anxiety in your household. And then, of course, there are also very real systemic reasons why we have the relationship with money that we do. We've got a wage gap for LGBTQ and women. We have a racial wealth gap. All of this makes up our behaviors, thoughts, actions, and feelings around money. 
and it becomes very complicated. It's not easy to unravel. It's literally like peeling an onion as you're (laughs) tearing up as you peel the onion. It's complicated. So, you know, I think about my own family, how my father had been in the financial industry his whole entire career. So we had these dinnertime conversations about money, but we didn't really learn the how-to around money, or we certainly didn't dissect feelings when it comes to money. It was just this idea that making money was good. And that's not a right or wrong thing. That was just my parents' perceptions. My father grew up uh, very poor on a farm in Indiana. My mom didn't come from money. And so when they started making money, it was that they wanted to do things very differently. So I just had this skewed relationship with money. I had a skewed relationship with debt, even down to how I wanted to live my life. I had a very skewed relationship and it took me well into my 30s (laughs) to figure out that I wanted to do things a little bit differently and also that I didn't have to adopt their behaviors around money or their feelings or their thoughts or even how they spent their money. I could do it differently and doing it differently was great. I mean, that was like a permission slip to be myself. So I think having this awareness is kind of the first step in figuring this all out. We learn habits from our parents. Maybe we learn not having savings or overspending or never spending. Maybe we learn a language around money, chaos, fear, panic, joy, freedom, all of these things belong to them, but they're passed on to us usually unconsciously, but also sometimes very loud and clear at times. Like there's there's no mistaking the memo around money. And I know I've shared this on the show before, but I think this is very interesting that our relationship with money is set by the age of seven. So if you think back to zero years old till seven, was there anything that happened or maybe many things that happened around money during that time frame that could have left a lasting imprint on you? Now, I'll be honest with you. I really don't remember a whole lot before age seven, but I do remember some themes. I remember my family always being very saving money conscious. Even though we had a nice house, we had a nice life, I didn't have to worry about was there going to be food? Were we going to be able to live in a house? I didn't have any of those worries, fortunately. And I know that is a huge privilege, but I did get this message that we don't overspend, that we kind of play within the rules, the money rules, if you if you are. We negotiate for things. I mean, I I just got some of these things unconsciously and it took me until adulthood, really even until a few years ago when I really started to dive into this stuff to figure out what happened. So then the question comes, how do we break those habits? How do we first recognize them? And then how do we break them? So step one is we really want to look at where your money is going and see if You can pick apart any bits that resemble your parents' behaviors. So do you spend money the same way that your parents spent money? Again, it's not a judgment place. It's not a right or wrong. It's just a like, aha moment. Like, oh, I finally get it. 
So the question I really want you to ask yourself is, does the way you spend your money line up with your goals and how you want to live your life? Not someone else's life, your life. And I spent way too many years of my life trying to spend my money to mimic or to live someone else's version of life. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to just straight off, that does not work. (laughs) If you've tried that, you know that does not work. So how do we do this? Well, I like to call it cash tracking rather than budgeting. I really moved away from the word budgeting because it feels very limiting. It feels negative. It feels weighty. So I like cash tracking because with cash tracking, I'm really looking at where my money is going and I'm making sure that I'm seriously directing it each month towards my goals. So this is how I can see when I need to make some shifts because after all, the only reason I'm doing any of this is because there's stuff I want to do in my life. There's things I want to buy, places I want to go, people I want to have dinner with, all of that. So I'm, I'm tracking my money to make sure that I'm able to achieve those goals. It's probably the best word to say, achieve those goals or achieve a version of those goals because it's always changing. But more importantly, that I'm spending my money the way I want to, to live the life I want to live. So thinking back again about my family, my mom was always the budget shopper. When we would go into any store, we would head like beeline straight to the sales rack, clearance rack, whatever it was. And I I guess I always thought that was interesting. Like, why wouldn't we buy something on sale? I mean, why would we pay full price and not just buy something on sale? But what I learned was that I always look now for something on sale. Uh, Or I think maybe it wasn't worth purchasing if it wasn't on sale. And I needed to check that behavior And see if that was mine or if that was her thinking that I was mimicking. And it for sure was her thinking. I can remember the first time I bought like a pair of shoes that wasn't on sale. I think there were like a hundred some odd dollars. And I had like a panic moment because I thought this is going against everything that I was taught. But then I had that pause moment where I was like, okay, but is that mine or is that theirs? Like who does that actually belong to? And if I buy this $100 pair of shoes, does that mean I'm a bad person? Does that mean I'm I'm doing money incorrectly? No, it just means I really wanted these $100 pair of shoes. And as long as I could afford them and they weren't going to mess everything up with my money, that was totally fine. So the key point is that one of the longest relationships you will have is with money. So I don't want you to overlook this relationship. It it needs some some TLC, needs some tenderness, needs some like whining and dining, just like any other relationship you have in your life. If we ignore it, we don't talk about it, we don't take care of it, that's when things really start to fall apart. So it's important to understand this. It's it's a relationship. It's a it's a give and take. But we just want to make sure that it's actually our relationship and not somebody else's version of the relationship. The 
weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. 
Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Step two is we've got to get money smart. So if you're listening to the show, my guess is that you're listening to other money podcasts, you're reading articles, you're reading books, you're doing all the reconnaissance information that you need to figure out what should I do with my money? How should I use what I have to live the life I want to live? And the cool part is you just take what works for you and you kind of throw out what doesn't. We've we've talked about this already, but you know this because I would imagine that you've lived this as well. We don't learn about money anywhere. We don't learn how to invest, track our cash, pay down debt, build a strong credit score, build wealth, let alone any of the touchy-feely sides of money that are as equally as important as all of those how-tos. But the beautiful thing is that everything you learn about money doesn't have to mean that that is right, appropriate, or will work for you. But I encourage you to learn and investigate and just check it always against your vision, your goals that you have for your life. If it doesn't line up or it doesn't line up right now, just tuck it away. Tuck it away for a later time because there isn't one way to money. That's why they call it personal finance. This whole thing is personal. And I think that's what makes it very complicated as well, because there are so many different options or maybe more than options. There's a lot of gray area when it comes to money. So it's like, well, I don't know. I could, I could day trade. I could invest with a robo advisor. I could invest in my 401k. I could buy meme stocks. I don't know what, I don't know what's the right choice for me, right? Maybe it's all of it. Maybe it's none of it. I don't know. So I encourage you to kind of have this almost like investigator mind where you're just looking at everything and you're thinking, does this work? Does this not work? And I think, unfortunately, our parents, the people who raised us, didn't have this opportunity because technology is so advanced. There are so many different ways now that we have access to money education that just didn't exist before. So I I'm, I would almost say 100% confident that your parents also did not learn about money from their parents. And we could ca- probably go back so many different generations with this because this isn't wisdom that has been passed on. And a lot of times our parents are embarrassed about the mistakes that they have made, of the things that they should have done or shouldn't have done with their money. So they don't want to talk about it. (laughs) They don't want to teach you something that they don't really know how it works. So it starts this long chain of not having these conversations, which is a detriment to all of us because if we don't talk about this, nothing's going to change. So step three is the idea that risk is not a bad word. All I've known my entire career is some level of risk. 
I started a film festival, my very first business. It was a nonprofit. And I started it when I was in college at 19, like completely wet behind the ears. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, but I had this vision and this idea. I didn't know how I was going to fund it. I don't know how I was going to get people there. I didn't know any of it, but I had this idea and I thought, okay, this is worth a risk. So I started this thing and five years later, it grew to uh, one of the very first student national student film festivals. Uh, I sold it to a Hollywood producer and uh, it was a great experience. It was, I think, really like my real life MBA. And then I went and actually got an MBA and not knowing what I was going to do to actually make money. I had no idea how was I actually going to use all of these really weird skills to make money. Then my dad said, hey, I'm kind of bored in my, he had a solo financial planning practice. He's like, I'm kind of bored. Why don't you come see if you you want to join me? So day one, we started to work with a client that had about $40 million in net worth. And that was a great experience. Obviously, it's where I've learned the, the majority of this wisdom that I share with you. Then I went back and became a certified financial planner then I started this podcast in 2015 and started teaching and started writing about money. So it's all been both a career and a money risk for me. My entire career has been risky. It's It's been incredibly risky. I haven't had this normal paycheck that comes when you work a corporate job. I haven't had a 401k match or health insurance. I've had to pay for all of those things myself and I've had to invest a lot of money in all of these businesses, not really knowing what was going to happen at the end. And not everything that I attempted worked out, but I understood that return, my return was oftentimes potentially greater than my risk. So I thought, okay, well, I mean, I'm only going to live once. So why don't I take some risk? So there's this risk versus return relationship in every aspect of our lives. When we're investing, risk versus return is really important, right? We talk that about that with everybody who comes on the show that talks about investing. It's how do we know how much to risk? How do we figure out that kind of relationship? Because the unfortunate part about life, about investing, about everything is that we often cannot have a return without some level of a risk. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. 
You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The hosts, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks, where they explain how you get started right away, and back to basics of building your portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So we've had so many guests on the show that have talked about uh, taking a risk tolerance quiz to see how much risk you're willing to take on before you start investing. I'll link a few of those in the show notes if you've never taken one of those risk tolerance quizzes. I think they're great. And the cool part about them is that your risk tolerance can change all throughout life. It's not something that's stagnant. So you may be at a phase in your life where you feel really risky and you might be at a phase of your life where you feel like you want no risk or you might be somewhere in between. But the good news is that you don't have to invest the way your parents did or the way your parents are investing. You get to choose what works for you and how much risk you want to take. I can also remember way back, we're talking many years ago, when Apple's stock first came out. My brother was a huge tech, I don't want to call him nerd, but he was very into tech at the time and uh, still is, still is brilliant with all things that I cannot figure out. And uh, he wanted to invest in Apple stock and he went to my dad and said, hey, I really think that this makes sense. And my dad was like, nah, I don't know. I mean, computers and I mean, what else is this company going to do? I, I really don't think this is a smart way for you to spend your money. Of course, now my brother is just kicking himself that he did not invest early in Apple stock because he would probably be a multimillionaire right now just from that one investment. So that's an example of a belief that comes from a parent that changes your money behavior. Now, when you're young, it's really hard to suss out. You know, you 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 trust your parents, so you want to take their advice. It's hard to figure out, should I go against that? Should I not? 
But if you can start having that awareness now, at whatever age you're at, it doesn't matter. You can start to figure out, okay, well, maybe it's worth me having the conversation with them, but maybe it's worth me also saying, hey, but I really think this this makes sense. And here's why I think it makes sense. So you're living, we're all living, you and me both, in this new generation of money, everything from online bank accounts to robo-advisors, it just tech is is making money far more accessible for all of us. And again, with more options often comes more confusion of which way do I go? What do I think is right? So it's common that you would ask people's opinions and that you would probably go to your parents and say, hey, what do you think about this? Does this make sense? But I think it's it's always having this internal vision for how you want to live your life. And will that line up with that? Will that help you get closer to that vision? And there isn't a wrong or right way when it comes to investing. I think there's just your way. And you might invest in some things that do really well, and you're probably going to invest in some things that don't do well. <laughs> you talk to any investor, they're going to tell you that, yeah, you don't you don't hit 10 out of 10. This is not like we're hitting home runs every single time but we don't need home runs every time. So, uh, you know, always thinking about, uh, particularly when it comes to investing, but really anything around money, what level of risk are you willing to take on? And also knowing that it's not a bad thing to take on some risk, even if it doesn't turn out in your favor. So step four is just what we're doing here. It's talking about money. We're just having a conversation. And while there's so much I I want to tell you about myself, but I avoid conflict like I avoid bungee jumping or getting chased by tigers. I just avoid conflict at all cost. It's hard to talk to your your family and your partner about money for sure. So I don't like to have those conversations where I feel like this is going to be uncomfortable. Maybe there's going to be a conflict. Maybe there's something I want to do with my money that my partner doesn't. Maybe there's a viewpoint I have about money that my family doesn't. So I'll just avoid those conversations altogether. But that doesn't help things. <laughs> it doesn't change things. And so I'm learning that a little bit of conflict, not horrible negative conflict, but just a little bit of dissenting opinions is not a bad thing. So if you don't like to talk about money, it makes sense that you wouldn't want to talk to anybody else about money. But I think, I really believe that change comes with conversation. Another reason why we're renaming the show to Everyone's Talking Money, because the act of talking about money that's going to create the change because it, it does something on a sort of cellular level inside of you. It breaks down all of these taboos about money, it kind of takes that giant elephant out of the room, and it gives you permission for you to have an opinion. Maybe you're curious about, say, like, what will happen to your parents' finances should they become unable to manage them? Or do they have life insurance? Or maybe who gets the house? Or... Who's going to have to pay for their care when they're older? 
I think these are all very valid questions and worth having conversations about them, even if they feel a little bit scary. We can take out the judgment, we can take out the regret, the shame, and we can just look for the facts and be honest about your feelings and make sure that you really understand your parents' wishes. But I think you can also be open to or have the permission to share what you've learned about money. So conversation, right, is a, is a backward and forward relationship engagement. You share something, they share something. You share something, they share something. So we should be able to have these conversations around money with our parents or whoever raised us and not be afraid to talk about the things that feel really important to us. Not be afraid to say, hey, this is something that makes me very nervous to talk about, but I think it's kind of important to know about it. I remember, I think I was maybe, gosh, I don't know, 13 or 14 and my parents sat us down and they said, okay, I know you don't maybe understand all of this, but here is what we have set up and here's what's going to happen if something happens to us. We just want you guys aware of this so that you don't have any questions going forward. So there isn't any sort of sibling animosity between us. And I didn't really comprehend at the time 100% what they were talking about, but I also felt like I could ask questions. And, and I have in the years since with great curiosity, because I just, I just want to know these things. And so the whole point of the story is to say that if your parents aren't willing to talk about money, that doesn't mean you can't talk about it. It doesn't mean you can't raise these questions and kind of open this dialogue with them. So it's true. It is not easy to break these generational money behaviors, but I don't know. I think it's it's worth it to dip your toe into the waters to better your very lifelong relationship with money. You'll be creating a better life experience for yourself. And I think for future generations, I think of it like ripples in the water. So when you make changes, everyone around you has the capacity then or permission to make those changes as well, let alone your, your kids or your nieces or nephews, whatever it might be for you. You're not going to need to do everything correct, quote unquote. You don't have to when it comes to money. But really understanding how your parents have influenced your money behaviors and your relationships can help you make any of those changes for the better. You can better your situation because you can recognize what they taught you that you don't want to keep, but also what they taught you that you do want to keep because there are some great things I'm sure that you learned. So it's having this awareness. That is really, I believe, what is game-changing. So if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends or family members. Hey, if you if you want to share it with your parents, why not, right? Maybe it might open the door for, for that conversation. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode sponsors. And I will see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. Thank you for being you. and Thank you for being here for this episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go. We want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, 
and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.